Welcome to our bonus podcast. My name is Thalia, one of the pastors here at Northview, and I am joined by Crystal Taves. Hello. She's our pastor of women. And we have a friend with us, Christine Reimer. Hello. Christine is a member here at Northview. She's one of our friends, and she's a Wednesday morning table leader for the Women's Bible Study. And so we actually recorded this podcast a couple weeks ago, but uh, something happened. And when we got upstairs, there was only 19 seconds of audio (laughs) recorded. Whoops. And uh, Brian, can't you like magically make it reappear? I know. And Christine is brilliant, but she can't get her point across in 19 seconds. None of us can. So we're so thankful, Christine, that you came back. So we apologize for last week. We didn't have a podcast for our listeners because of that issue. But now Christine is back. And so we will do even better. This will be an amazing podcast. It'll be more clear on the charts. Yeah. And what happens is when you have a chance to do it again, you always think of things that you can improve or things you missed out or whatever. So, so now we're just setting ourselves up for failure. Yeah, <laughs> no. like, like the Oscar award. Well, they can't compare, year. right? No, they, they, no one so knows. we're okay. Yeah. So the goal of our bonus podcast always is to help us apply the Bible, God's very word, to our everyday lives. And if we do that, we actually become countercultural people. Because in this day and age, God's very word is often diverging from our culture. Yeah, most people are doing that. Right. And so actually, that's the topic for this podcast. We are calling it countercultural living because the three of us in our families are trying to be intentional to follow God's word. We are trying to live according to his word, which is countercultural often. And it's hard. It is very hard. No, and we totally mess up. So just you have to know right away, listeners, that we do make mistakes. And when I think of some of the choices I have made even recently, or even the choices when I think back to my teens and 20s and 30s, you know, thankfully, God is merciful. Thankfully, He's gracious, and He just leads us along, and we can say sorry to Him and keep moving forward. Yeah, Isn't and we'll part get... of the learning, too, though? Yeah, totally. Like the journey, right? Yeah, yeah the process of it. Yeah, yeah. we're going to get to that a little bit further on in terms of our topic, but I think just to say it right off the bat, we don't want this to be a legalistic do's no. and don'ts no. kind no. of list, because it is like that, you said, a journey and things we discover about ourselves and about what we can handle and what we can't, and yeah, yeah so there's lots of different things that are components of that. What we're hoping is that you as our listeners and we here, we would continue to open our eyes to the values of our culture and compare them very intentionally to what God says in His Word. And that if they align, because there are places that it does, that we would go forward. And if it doesn't align and it's not correct, that we would choose to follow God, because that is the most important thing until our very last breath. So that is what we are hoping that you will do. So we thought we would start by looking at God's design in a few areas, just to make sure we're kind of all clear on some things, and then look at the difference in the cultural values. And we're choosing some areas that are maybe the easiest to see the difference. We know there are lots of areas that are difficult to figure out what our culture values versus what the Bible says. And but even some of these easy ones, people yeah. are confused about. So, True. Yeah. So it's important. They're struggling through it because yeah. it's such an issue in the culture. Yeah. 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 So let's start with a few things. Okay. So God's design on sex, Crystal. Can you talk about that versus culture? Yeah, so we did actually did a whole podcast on this. So if you're interested, you can look back last year, I think we did God's Design on Sex. But basically that uh, sex is between one man and one woman. Um, 
Whereas uh, in the culture, people would say, well, sex is with whoever you want. As long as there's consent, it can be two men, it can be two women, it can be multiple people, multiple partners. Um, There could be things like open marriage or polyamory, uh, where you have multiple partners in any kind of sexual act. And so that would be the difference between God's design for sex and the cultural value for sex. The consent is basically the main thing that happens with a cultural value. As long as there's consent, it's fine. Yeah. And that continues into marriage. God's design is for one man, one woman in a lifelong covenant of marriage. That is his very best intention. I know my phone is texting. That's okay. Um, So, but our culture right now says that marriage can be between two men or two women or one man, one woman. And it's basically as long as you're happy. So it's not a covenant lifelong marriage. As long as we both shall love, not yeah. as long as we both shall live. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people are choosing yeah. not even to get married because living together is very common, very popular in our culture. And people will think you're weird if you get married. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. That was one of the interesting things my son, who just got married in June, found at university that everybody was just looking at him like, what in the world are yeah. you doing? Why would you even bother yeah. getting married? It was. An, it, he had a lot of good conversations with some of his friends based on that. Yeah. Huh. Even way back, so I've been married uh, 25 years, and even way back when I was at UBC and I got married, my friends looked at me strange because they were living together with their boyfriends. And they said to me, you, Thalia, are one of the only people that we know could actually wear a white wedding dress. And that was already strange then, and it's even increased now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, what about gender? Last time on our podcast, I didn't actually talk about this so clearly, but in the intervening weeks, I've had quite a number of people say that they would like some more clarity on the gender issue, which we will do a separate podcast on coming up into the future. But just to quickly go over that, in the Bible in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, it's very clear that God created us male and female, and it's very good. He loves his creation. He loves us as male and female. And he says in Psalm 139 that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And this is a good thing. And so we know that in God's design, we're, we honor him the best if we live out our biological sex, if we live in the gender that he has given us from even before birth. Now, we know that there, of course, there are physical abnormalities, there's hormonal abnormalities, but that's why we live in a place where we have doctors and we have people, medical professionals who can help us out. But it's honoring to God if we live out the biological sex that we were assigned. And we know there's a wide variety of ways that men can be men and women can be women. There isn't sort of one stereotypical way, although our culture likes to say that, but there isn't. So that's what we would say about gender. Do you want to add in anything? Yeah, I think it's just important. That's a huge important piece is to realize that there isn't like necessarily a male way of being and a female way of being in terms of like if you're an, if you're an assertive female, that doesn't mean you're actually... A male, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, I think sometimes people think like, oh, if I'm a tomboy, then actually I should be by a lot, that I should be a male or whatever. Yeah. And I think we need to have a lot of kind of range of what that looks like. Just that just because you're a woman doesn't mean you have to fit into this certain kind of box of what kind of the ideal, you know, submissive, quiet, or whatever, all these yeah. pieces, because that gets messy. I know one of my, um, a person that I knew, her son was struggling a little bit about wondering whether he was gay. And then he went to a school where it was more of a music school where he was affirmed in his gifts in music, but he was also affirmed in like that you can be a guy and like music, right? Yeah. And so it was a thing for him to, oh, okay, doesn't mean just because I am more interested in the arts that I'm necessarily a homosexual person, right? Yeah. And so sometimes we put these categories on people that then can make them 
question their gender because they think they need to be a certain certain type of person, certain macho-ness, certain whatever, yeah. if they're going to be a male. Well, I, we think of now we have a lot of young moms in our church and they have young kids, boys and girls. And I had a boy and a girl and I do have, but when they were young, they like to play with the things around me. They like to play kitchen. They like to play with the Barbies that were available because I have, my daughter is the oldest one. She had lots of Barbies and my son did too. And there were lots of Barbie cars, some pink, some blue, whatever, and they all played. Now today, those moms might be thinking, oh, my children are the opposite gender because they like to play with kitchens and Barbies. And I just know that kids like to play. And then they like to play with all different kinds of things. Tools, if you have them, sand, dirt, they, they have a wide variety of things. So we need to be careful that we still honor their gender as God has created them and allow them freedom for all different kinds of activities. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing because I have a neighbor boy when I was younger and he would play Barbies with me. Yeah. And, and I thought it was just great, right? Great. And then a lot of girls playing with the trucks or whatever. It's all good, right? Yeah. My friend, uh, my daughter has a friend who loves woodworking and yeah. she's, you know, a 20 year old girl. That's awesome to love woodworking. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Sanctity of life, Christine, talk about that a bit. Well, God values the sanctity of life from, from conception to its natural death. And um, definitely our culture is not heading that way. It's all about ourselves and that we're in control of our own bodies and we can make choices for our own body. So whether that means I don't want to have this uh, child anymore that's inside of me, so I'm going to have an abortion mm-hmm. to uh, euthanasia, which is very... And it's not euthanasia is not just for the elderly anymore. They're yeah. talking now for for young children who are in the hospital too. So that's kind of scary. And um, also about fertility options. Like there's so often, you know, we want to be pregnant. We want to do anything we possibly can to make that happen. Yeah. And some of those options out there are not necessarily um, honoring to God. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we did a podcast on Sanctity of Life and we'll probably do follow-up ones. I think we're talking about doing one on fertility, mm-hmm. but um, just like to be clear, kind of what we wanted to pro- say in that podcast, if you did listen to it, that life begins at conception. And so if you're thinking about birth control options, we'd encourage you to think about ones that actually uh, interfere with with conception in terms of barrier methods that stop conception from happening. Not, not things that um, interfere with a baby once it is conceived. So yeah. that's what our church would be in favor of the ones that are... Preconception. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Another way that uh, we can be counterculture or think through cultural values is just kind of how we think of our term, how we think of our life in terms of retirement. Um, Is there a time where we kind of put in our time and we never have to kind of engage with the church anymore or the culture around us? Can we just like kick off our shoes that we're 65 and just never do anything again? Put me in life. I know. (laughs) Every day on commercials. There's that famous John Piper sermon that he did years ago about, you know, the person that walked around picking up seashells for the rest of their life. Like how much of a great, you know, what kind of a legacy are you leaving there? And so I think that it definitely is the cultural value that we would just retire and enjoy ourselves and we've worked hard enough and we don't need to engage and And yet scripture talks about us being created to do good works. And like Titus 3, um, I don't have my Bible open, so I won't read it at this point. But if you want to look through Titus 3, it talks about the fact that, you know, we're saved not because of our works, um, but God graciously reached down to us. But then he created us to do good works that are excellent and profitable Mm -hmm. for all people. And so that's his goal for us is that we invest in his kingdom. And it might mean that as we get older, we can't do as much, or maybe we go away for a month and come back, but that there's still, there's ways that we continually invest in the people around us, in the church, in the younger generation, 
um, that we just serve him doing these excellent things for all people throughout our lives. So. so we see a problem in our church because the cultural value of pleasure and retirement is leaking into our church. So Crystal and I have noticed that there's quite a few people missing in the age, what, between 55 and older yeah. who have said, well, you know, my kids are grown now and I served in youth ministry and I served in the nursery and I was in kids ministry and I've sort of done my time even in church and now I'm done. Now I'm just going to come to church and enjoy it. You know, and, and there are days and seasons for that, of course, but actually we're created to be part of the body of Christ. We're created to serve in our roles till we have no more breath or capability. And we have so many young women coming to us and saying, I want to be mentored from the older yes, generation. Yeah, I want to hear too. their stories of wisdom. And, and yet these older women aren't wanting to invest to that same level. They're just feeling like, well, I've done my thing. I don't really have anything to offer. Yeah. I know we need them. We, we, need that. <laughs> we want to hear their so wisdom. If, yeah, yeah, if you are an older woman or a man, which isn't very much older than you and I, Crystal, please oh, no. come get involved in our church. Please be involved in hospitality or greeting or running a community group or serving in as a youth leader or whatever. Or men's, women, mm-hmm. men's ministry, women's ministry, the men's Bible study. Yeah, you yeah. are not done yet. We really need you. Yeah. So another aspect um, of God's design is um, sober-minded and clear thinking. Yeah. And in Ephesians 5.18, it says, and do not get drunk and with wine, for this is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And um, our culture, um, I think it believes that uh, it's not good to drink and drive, but it's okay to drink and just get totally. drunk. Yeah. You know, we actually even have services that help with that. Um, and that's not God's design for us. He wants us to be clear-minded. And even now, um, marijuana is going to be legal, the yeah. recreational marijuana. And that's going to leave an open door for our youth because now adults are going to be having these quantities of marijuana at home, easy access for our youth. And um, yeah, they're going to be exposed to even more. And that's that's not what God wants. He wants us to come to him with a clear mind. And um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the big issue around the marijuana thing. Because yeah. I think with alcohol, even you could have a glass of wine and it wouldn't necessarily affect your, your thinking. And so scripture tells that, you know, that drinking a glass of wine isn't necessarily wrong, but it's how far you go in terms of whether it affects your ability to actually comprehend things that are going on. And with the marijuana, the big issue is, can you smoke weed and not get high? Yeah. And I think that's where people are saying, well, that's actually impossible. Like it's naturally going to affect your brain yeah. ability yeah, to be so reminded. Yeah. One of the last areas we'll talk about is the area of communication, how we talk to others, how we express ourselves online or in person. We talk about this in our pre-marriage class. We talk about the difference between how our culture values communication and how God values it. And it's an area that they struggle with every time we teach the class because we're not used to thinking about the values of our culture versus what God says. And of course, we know our culture values social media, of course, freedom of speech, saying anything we want to. And we are not here to tell you that social media is wrong because I actually really like it. And I think it can be very valuable. It's how you use it, how much time you spend Absolutely. on it, what you say. Are you building up others or are you tearing them down? Is it all about yourself or is it about thinking of others? And God is very clear. If you'd read Colossians 3, 1 to 17, it's very clear how we need to express ourselves to others. We need to be people who are compassionate and kind and full of humility. And we bear with one another and we forgive one another. And there's no malice or anger or rage or obscene talk or anything like that. If you read that chapter and also Ephesians 4 into Ephesians 5, you would clearly understand that there's a huge divergence between what our culture values in terms of communication and what God values. I'd really encourage you to think about that. Our culture values like being honest to ourselves and, and not holding anything back. And yeah. yet that's not the scriptural value at all. Yeah. It's thinking of others before ourselves. 
Yeah, as being very careful what we toss out on a tweet, toss out on an Instagram post anywhere. We need to be very discerning, and we're going to get into the discernment piece in a bit. And to think before you do that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Think before you speak. And would you say that to that person face-to-face? Yeah. Yeah. And what are the ramifications Mm long-term of something, right? Like, just listening to... My dad was telling me about a program he listened to on CBC the other day where Google's being asked now to erase things from the internet. Oh, interesting. they're having this ethical dilemma of what they're going to allow people to erase and not. Wow. Yeah. And so they're having to make... They're being this this international judge because people are saying, I want this erased about me or erase what I said because once you say something, it's out there. Mm -hmm. When employers are looking at that now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. how they look through your Facebook account and through your Snapchat and things like that. So... We do that here. You know, if we somebody says, do you know so-and-so? I'm like, I don't think so. Go look at Facebook. And then you say, oh, yeah, I recognize that person from a service like their face, or you can see quickly what they're like. Hmm. We're spying. <laughs> well, <it's laughs> I'm there. sure people, people do have need given too. permission for, uh-huh. people, for that right. to be out there. So <laughs> yeah. it's there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think as we go on, we're going to talk about um, going with the flow of culture and engaging with culture and when we don't and when we do. So we want to clarify that there are some things in Scripture that are, you know, um, morally clear. There's different lists um, within a lot of the epistles, like the New Testament letters, where Paul specifically says that these people who do these things will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And so you'll have lists of sexual immorality and adultery and... um, things like greed and things like uh, idolatry, like like those kind of pieces that are like specifically sin issues. And so if you read through a lot of the New Testament letters, you'll come up with those lists. Um, But then there's also things that are uh, gray areas in the sense that um, they're kind of Christian freedoms. They're things that some people may um, choose to engage in, um, other people may not choose to engage in. And so we need to be kind of kind and forgiving and gracious towards each other because we may have different things that we land up on. So that would be things like you know, homeschooling versus uh, public school versus Christian school versus, you know, all these different things. It could even be how much you get involved in the school, like whether you allow your kids to go to the school dances or whatever. It might be different depending on each kid that you have and their own sense of why they want to be there and why not they want to be there and so um, why they don't want to be there. And so I think we need to walk alongside each other in grace in the midst of these, knowing that different families are going to make different decisions. Yeah on these things that aren't necessarily a sin issue. You can walk mm-hmm. into a school dance and still be a Christian yep. or not. <laughs> it yep. depends on yourself, True. right? Yeah. Yep. And so I think we want to be open in that discussion to not feeling like, we don't want to be like a church that has the, the list of 500 things on, the, or like the Jewish kind yeah. of system, right? Where you had the 500 things that were the rules you had to follow in addition to the law. Well, you think of things like social media or TV. Some families limit the TV choices or limit TV in general, and other families really enjoy TV, and other people uh, limit, you know, when their kids can have a cell phone or be involved in Instagram, Snapchat, all these things, and other people say absolutely not, no involvement. And so more of a question is, we're going to talk about discernment a little bit later, about how do we use these things, when do we use these things, why are we using these things, and not be so immediately critical if a family or a person makes a different choice than we are currently making. Yeah, I think it's good to still maybe engage with them mm-hmm. and say, so what's your rationale? Like, yeah. how, why have you come to that decision or why haven't you? And think, kind of get at what are the reasons behind why yeah. they're allowing their kid or not allowing rather yeah. than focusing on the outside behavior. Yeah. Because that might get a good juicy conversation yeah. going that doesn't feel judgmental. Yeah. Right? Same with fashion, hairstyle, the kind of car you drive. There's lots of freedoms that we have that we need to be careful that we don't immediately say, well, they're sinning because they're not doing the same thing I'm doing. Yeah, because sometimes God's poking different things in 
each of us is in our journey, like we've talked about. Yeah. And sometimes God's really working on us in one area, but he's not working on someone else in that area because they need to work <laughs> on something else. Right? Right. So yeah, we're all kind of a different place. like rungs on the ladder trying to figure out things. So yeah. yeah. Okay, let's talk a little bit about what if we just went with the flow of our culture? Let's talk about that a little bit. What would that be like if we instead just gave up this intentional countercultural living? Um, you know, what would it be like if we went with the flow? It'd be so easy. Yeah. <laughs> it would be just less stressful. Yeah. Like we wouldn't have to worry about things. You know, you're not wondering what your kids are going to come home with and, and present to you or, or even when we go out and have to deal with situations, we could yeah. just kind of, ah, no big deal. Let's just, you know, hide under what everyone else is doing. And yeah. My w- friends would be happier with me, right? <laughs> I'd be yes. able to go do a lot of different things yeah. and, with them. Our kids would be happier. Oh, Yeah. Right, they might mm-hmm. not necessarily be happier, but no, like in terms of the long run, no, but they exactly. might be happier with us. Like in the might moment, be less stra- in the moment, yeah, yeah. there would be because less. Because we get to watch friends yeah. instead of their parents. They yeah. get to watch the movies <laughs> totally. their kids are friends are watching and go to the things their friends are going to. Yeah, yeah, feel less stressful because there is a lot of work required yeah. if you actually want to be countercultural. You actually have to think through things, and sometimes that just gets tiring. Yeah, and it I have does. a lot of girlfriends that are really. They're tormented by the fact of parenting that they they realize how hard it is. Yeah. And they want to do the right thing. I yeah. know. And sometimes they don't know what the right thing is. I know. And they're trying so hard. I know. And we're so afraid of messing up. But we're going to mess up. I know. And we learn from that, right? Absolutely. I've messed up so many times. Yeah. yeah we're <laughs> afraid of that kind of conversation when our kid's 25 and comes back and like lays all the bad stuff on us. <laughs> this is all your things you did wrong. And oh. Yeah. I know. Is that what they do? Well... I know I have kids that have gone and done that. And yeah. so I think back, but sometimes it's the kid that messed up too at 25, right? It's not necessarily mm-hmm. that the parents did anything wrong, but yeah. yeah, we're afraid of that, of being accused or judged of being yeah. too legalistic or not allowing our kids to breathe or whatever. So, so yeah. the three of us and our families have generally decided we are not going with the flow. We are going to actually figure out what God wants in his word. And we are going to compare that to our culture. That's a lot of hard work. So let's talk about those two things. How do we intentionally engage with our culture and understand what our culture values? And then after we talk about that, we're going to talk about discernment. And we're going to talk about how do we intentionally work to understand what God values? Because we can't just figure that out by osmosis. That just doesn't happen. So let's start with how do we engage intentionally in our culture? Let's give a wide variety of examples. Okay, Christine, you start. How we engage with our culture. Well, we're a hockey family. So all four of us play ice hockey. And so um, we're part of the hockey community and we're out there playing a sport that we love um, with all different kinds of people. And we love being with different kinds of people, different social backgrounds, different things that they enjoy doing or whatnot. So to us, and we serve in that way too. My husband's on the board directors for the Girls Hockey Association and, you know, the dressing room mom I've done and the whole whole bit, like getting in there. And um, we love our hockey families out there. They're a lot of fun to be with. Yeah, I think that's a huge way of mm-hmm. just in getting involved where our kids are at, where yeah. we are at. I know as my kids age out of things now, I'm trying to think, okay, now where am I going to be engaged? Yeah. Um, because it has been the easy, natural place for me is to be alongside them. But now if they're not in the house, I still have to figure out ways that I'm going to engage. Yeah, I think being aware of things that are going on around us, like watching the news, reading the newspaper, mm-hmm. reading blogs, having a certain, like I can only, I can't spend a lot of time on that because I've also got a lot of other things to do, but... Like I have a Twitter feed set up, so each morning I at least look through the headlines of the different things and be just being aware of the issues that are out there. Right. We want to not just kind of hide away from things. We want to know, okay, what's society talking about? What are the big, what are the big things that are coming up in the news? Yep. What are the issues that are yeah being debated? Yeah. So that we can then think through what our response should be. 
when my kids were in high school and even now they're in university, but when they travel with us in the car, we like to listen to their music. So they plug it in and they kind of do a show and tell because they have a wide variety of Christian and non-Christian bands that they like to listen to. Many names are completely foreign to me. And so we kind of do a little bit, let's listen to this song. Why do you like it? What are the lyrics about? What's the music like? And that's definitely been a way for me to engage in our culture because I'm not so uh, such a music person. But I'm trying to get to know what my kids are into and why. And then we have good discussions about the discernment, which we're going to get into. Mark's involved in the Fraser Valley Mountain Bike Association. He loves mountain biking. And so it's a way for him to use his gifts of mountain biking as well as his accounting gifts. He's on their um, board as the financial person, of course. And so it's a way to engage with people who are Christians, non-Christians from every walk of life who love mountain biking. And as we talked about, that's an easy, natural way because he loves it already. Yeah. And I think even when we're just out in the world, like whether mm-hmm. I'm going grocery shopping or whatever, I'm I'm a fairly chatty person. So I yeah. just like to just chat up with whoever's around me yeah. instead of looking at my phone in the in the waiting line, right? Yeah. To just talk to the person next to you and just uh, see what's what they're about. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, watching TV shows and stuff with our kids, yeah. watching, like you said, listening to the music. But I know yeah. for me... Um, having the TV in the room where our kitchen was, was great as the kids were younger because I was constantly engaging with what they were watching and okay, what idea are they portraying here? What are they showing you about what a man is, what a woman is, all these kind of things, engaging with the ideas that are coming up as we're, as we're watching things that are going on. Yeah, that's huge for us and our family. We do actually like TV and Netflix. And even now our son's in Germany for this year at Bible school. He's still talking to us and saying, mom, watch one or two episodes of this particular show and see what you think. And then we'll send back our, our thoughts on email or by FaceTime or whatever. So we're still having a dialogue about what are the benefits to certain shows or which shows do I think, ah, uh, no, let's chop that out. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't that great? Like, that's why yeah. I like the pause on our TV, right? Totally, yeah. Because yeah. like, we can pause and go, okay, let's talk about what we're seeing here. Yeah. Because you can't avoid what the culture is doing. No, we can observe it, and then we can we have to figure Evaluate. out okay, what do we think about this. Yeah. Right? Well, you could avoid if you decided to move up into the mountains or <laughs> yeah. join an Amish group or something. But <laughs> yeah. but that's not True. what we're asking no. people to do. No. no, no, we're asking people to open your eyes and be aware of what's happening in your neighborhood, in your schools, in the newspaper, anywhere that you are. Kind of start to pay attention to what our culture values and ask the questions. Mm-hmm. Like instead of telling our kids what they should be thinking, ask yeah. them, what do you think? What do you think is right or wrong? And where yeah. do we find those answers or, you know, and sometimes extended family gatherings can be great places to understand culture because <laughs> not everybody in my extended family is a Christian. Mm-hmm. And so the shows they watch, the activities they pursue, the way they live their life isn't the same as mine, but I can ask good questions and get a real good understanding of why they're choosing what they're choosing, their own sort of world perspective, and it helps me out. It helps me to understand them. It helps me to understand more about why I'm choosing what I'm choosing, the directions we're headed. Like, start to really, um, I'd say, you know, it's that Christian kind of phrase, lean in to the people <laughs> around you. Yeah, instead of, but we do tend to pull away sometimes from yeah. people who are different than us. But instead, try to get inside their head a little bit. Like, yeah. so why do, you, why do you like this? What is intriguing about it to you? Yeah. Because we can only actually answer the questions that people are asking in terms of faith if we understand what the questions are or what yeah, the issues absolutely. are, right? If we think we're answering a question that's completely irrelevant to them, well, that's not going to lead them any closer to God. Right. So as we engage with our culture, we have to discern. We have to use discernment. We have to put our brains on. So what are some questions we should ask around discernment? I think the best thing to do is to be really intentional 
And what intentional looks like, at least to me, is I often ask like moms that have gone before me yeah. and they have daughters that are older than my mm-hmm. daughters and say, how did you deal with this situation? Or or just to even watch how they've handled situations. And it doesn't mean I'm going to handle exactly the same way they do, but I learn from them and maybe yeah. I make different mistakes. But, totally. But um, yeah, to be intentional about about everything, about you know the, the shows we watch, the movies we see, the music we listen to, the books we read. Yeah. Um, it might sound strict, but it's really not. It's protecting our hearts, you know, from some of that exposure, right? Our it's minds, all... our eyes. Like yeah. you, Thalia said sometimes after a tough conversation, like, I need to scrub my brain. <laughs> I, I didn't want to hear or know, I know. those things. I need a I brain did... shower sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It is that way, right? If we fill our minds with things, it just it dirties up the inside of us. Yeah, it totally It's hard to get rid of. Yeah. Yeah. I know that in our house, we were often asking questions of like, would this pull us away from church? So years ago, Ava wanted to join the local cheerleading squad, and it was so fun for her. She was in early elementary school. But their practices were going to be Saturday nights, and some of their things were going to be Sunday mornings. And we were, we've were we always been a Saturday night Northview family. So we decided not to join cheerleading in a further way, like just maybe spring break camps, but not the not the full year on thing. And she was disappointed. But we we want, we valued church. So what other ways have you kind of asked questions about discernment? Well, similar in that way, too, with us being a hockey family, um, hockey has often been on the weekends, but that's what we love about Northview, too. We have so many options. We're so spoiled here, right? Yeah. And so we've made it clear to our girls that our commitment is to come to church, but because we have the ability to choose, mm-hmm. we can work around it. So yeah. and just look ahead at the weekend and say, okay, it's the Saturday night service this week, or it's the totally. yeah, Sunday at 8.30 And we this plan week. it. We plan yep. Sunday. We, we look at our week ahead and go, okay, this is, and we make it a priority. So they know that this comes first and then we're going to f- make it work. Yeah. And then the times that we're away for, say, a hockey turn or whatever, sometimes we'll listen to the the yeah. online, right? Yep. We have, it's, we're just, yeah, we're spoiled yeah. that way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think like basic questions like we've talked about is, is this activity going to draw me closer to Christ or further away? Mm-hmm. Is it going to yeah, keep me involved with my church community or not? Uh, those kind of things are important. And then I think just discerning how to be kind of in the world, but not of the world in the sense that even things like, so different friends that my kids have had. Um, there's certain friends that I, I want our house to be a welcoming place for all kinds of people, but I don't necessarily want my kids to go to their places <laughs> because I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen there. And so figuring out how to be discerning in my in my world has been a little bit like how to be open to all kinds of different people, all kinds of different kids and want to accept them into our life or our family, but not necessarily put my kids in danger. Mm-hmm. Right. And so making my place the place where people are always welcome, but just being a little bit discerning about where they go in yeah. terms of for sleepovers or those kind of things. I also think we need to consider if what we're doing, is it going to harm our testimony of being a Christian? You know, I have the freedom, for example, to drink a glass of wine at a restaurant. But Mark and I, sometimes when we go to a restaurant, I will say to him, is it okay if I have a glass of wine tonight? Like, who's here? What's the circumstances? That is it going to harm somebody if they know that I'm a pastor of Northview and I'm having a glass of wine or not? Like, we, we actually ask the question and think about these things before I do certain activities. Um, what's it, what's it going to, how's it going to impact others around us if I do certain things or not do certain things? And some people would say that's really legalistic, but at the same time, I think it's showing love. Yeah, like, I think your, yeah, your emphasis is not on being a legalistic. It's yeah. not on having all kinds of rules, but it's saying, how can I best love the people that I'm serving? And yeah. so that's, you've twist, you've tipped it in your mind to being yeah. a legalistic thing to being, how can I, yeah. I want to consider others Yeah, and I can... Uh, drinking wine is not a problem. Like it's not a it's not a sinful thing, 
um, getting drunk is. We talked about that before, but I can easily have a glass at home instead of at the restaurant if that would be better for other people. And I've made mistakes in that area before, right? We've talked, I've talked about that before, but yeah. Did we talk about that in first Corinthians about how we're supposed to be careful of how, you know, not to lead others to sin, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, and that might be where, which movies I choose to watch or which TV shows when I'm with other people. Um, yeah, just think it's important mindful. to consider others. Yeah, to be mindful, yeah. to be discerning. Okay, so we've done the working to engage culture and discernment questions. Now, how do we intentionally work to understand God? Because I said we can't just figure that out by osmosis. we got to be in the Word. Yeah. There's no doubt. Like, that's how we learn. That's how we grow. So what does that mean? So for somebody who is maybe listening to this podcast for the first time, maybe not such, um, um, hasn't been a Christian for a long time, what does it mean to be in the Word, Christine? Um. Well, you can definitely be in the Word on your own at home, which is very valuable. And, and not just read, but read with um, understanding, asking the Spirit to reveal it to you. And then what I'm trying to learn is that after I read, to just be quiet and silent and listen, you know, and really listen and mull over what I've read. But um, I love our women's Bible study on Wednesday mornings because then we come together as a community mm-hmm. and as at a table, we talk about it, we engage in it. And yeah. then there's a teaching there and obviously church, you know, in our community groups. I love our community group. So there's there's many different ways to be connected because um, sometimes alone, you might not always get exactly what's coming out of scripture. It's very clear. But if you're not used to knowing how to dig out the yeah. information, then. And sometimes... <clears throat> scripture will have a principle but then you have to think okay how does that actually apply like this is there's a big idea but we actually think okay what does this look like in my workplace what does this look like in my home what does this and that's what we do at our wednesday morning bible study is we'll have um in a two-hour session we'll have like an hour and a half where we're looking at the scripture we're trying to understand the scripture and we're teaching on the scripture and then the last half hour is okay what is when the rubber hits the road with this when i have to go to work next day when I have to go to school when I have to what does this look like and yeah. so that's I think the fun thing about the I mean there's lots of great things about the Bible study but it's taking the big principles and then making them like really concrete okay Crystal give a plug for the women's conference we're going to have here at the end of April yeah April 27th 28th we're going to have a women's conference here um, what we do every year at Northview is we alternate between an away retreat where we go away for a weekend and then a conference that we host at our church last time we did it at the mission campus this time we're doing it at Abbotsford um, just so that people who have different abilities to get away or to have to be here or different costs, kind of parameters that they can afford can be participating in either or both. So yeah, we're going to talk about breaking free from fear. How do we stop fear of things from ruling us and ruling our decisions? And so we're going to spend a Friday night and Saturday till two working through that issue in terms of scripture, what scripture teaches us about how do we kind of break out of that stranglehold that fear can have on us. So who's teaching? Um, myself and Angie Tufnell. Uh, Angie leads our precept group on Monday nights. And so the two of us will be sharing the teaching. We're going to have kind of six different questions that we're going to work through over that um, two day period. And then Kendra is going to be kind of overseeing the whole, emceeing it. Sarah, who's one of our immersed students, is going to be leading us in prayer throughout it. And Stephanie Redekop is going to be leading us in worship. So it's going to be a great experience. And it's open to more than Northview. Yes. So if you are a part of a church that doesn't really have a women's ministry or it's closed for the season, maybe spring has ended and you would like some more Bible teaching, bring women from your church and come and sit together as a group and do some significant Bible study and training with us. Yeah, and I think if you have non-Christian friends who struggle with fear and anxiety, bring them along. Like, Just say, you know, we know that you aren't necessarily a Christian, but... Why don't, if you want to hear what the Bible has to say about how we do this, this is an opportunity to hear biblical teaching, like what Christian kind of answer is to this. Mm-hmm. Cause I be think very we're, empowering. I think so. Yeah. 
So I'm excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to try and we're holding it in the worship center. So we're hoping to get a couple hundred people out. Oh, more than that. I hope listeners that you start tapping your friends because I think it'll be really good. Yeah. Well, I know it'll be really good. Mm -hmm. So what other ways do we intentionally work to understand God? We talked about Bible study. We talked about a women's conference. What else can we do? Yeah, I think just the more our minds get conformed to God's will, the more we're going to understand his will. And so Romans 1 and 2 talks about, you know, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will know what God's will is. Mm -hmm. And so I think the more our minds are just conformed to God, whether that's through listening to praise, to worship music, that always helps kind of purify my mind. Um, I think praying that the Holy Spirit will just continually purify us and teach us and sanctify us. Um, That helps us kind of clear our conscience like yeah. it talks in scripture about the fact that we can sear our conscience we can make it so that our conscience doesn't talk to us anymore if we continually silence it and so we need to ask the spirit to just soften our hearts and renew our minds mm-hmm. and so that our, we're actually living in line with God's word yeah and we want to be at church on the weekends but church isn't enough because that's you know an hour to two hours depending on which church you go to yeah. but our culture is at us 24 7 So we need to find ways where we are saturated in scripture or in praise music or good articles, podcasts, Podcasts, blogs, videos, books, all kinds of things, many more hours than simply on the weekends. Yeah. So find a way. And if you need resources, if you need more books to read, more articles to pursue podcasts, we've got lists. We can keep you going for sure. And also when we get together with our friends to engage in mm-hmm. conversation, yeah, this is totally. where it all begins. So yeah. this podcast just kind of starts the conversation yeah. and hopefully we continue it, right? Mm-hmm. And asking good open-ended questions with them, right? So yeah. that they start thinking about it and we start thinking about stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, we want to yeah. be curious about our friends in a kind, respectful way, understanding other people so that we can decide to maybe change our course of action or continue with what we're doing. So what if we mess up? Yeah, and we do, and yeah. I do, yeah. <laughs> all the time. So, yeah, we simply say sorry to God, and we say sorry maybe to the person we've hurt, and we keep going forward. First John 1, 9 is my absolute favorite, favorite verse on this. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Most beautiful word, all yeah. unrighteousness. That's as simple as it is. It's a gift. Yeah, absolutely. We say sorry. And we, with God's help, try not to repeat the sin. We don't just say sorry and then keep sinning and then sorry and keep sinning. No, no, it's we're supposed to actually repent and change our ways. Mm-hmm. But we need uh, people's help because on our own, we can't just do that. So you can talk to the care pastors. You can talk to your Christian friends. There's programs to be involved in, things to help you in your habitual sins, if that's an issue for you. Yeah. Before we go to prayer, anything else that we feel like we should have said? Probably we could do another few podcasts <laughs> on this, so. but I can't think of anything right now. Yeah. I mean, I think this affects so many things. Like it affects our fashion. It yeah. affects um, where we work. It affects all kinds of different things. We need to think about, yeah, how we can best honor God with our bodies, with our minds, with our yeah energy, our talents. Absolutely. And just a shout out to those who are, are being intentional and working towards that. Mm-hmm. Keep it going. You yeah. can do it. And for those who haven't thought about it, you know, maybe think about it a little bit more. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Crystal, would you mind praying for our listeners? Sure. Father, we just thank you for um, the fact that your word has been given to us, that it's been preserved for all these years so that we can read it, so that we are not wondering what your will is. It's Mm -hmm. so clear in scripture what your will is for us. Your will is for us to be sanctified. Your will is for us to be made holy, to look like you, um, to reflect you in the world, to be, um, as you say in the Old Testament and the New Testament, to be a holy nation, to be royal priests. 
um, who just mediate between God and people, who kind of show the people around us what you're like by our life. Lord, we know that we don't always do that well and perfectly. And Lord, we know that we're all in progress and in process. And so we thank you, Lord, that your spirit works at us, that um, you give us the will and the desire to follow you and that you do a great work in us. So and we just thank you that you're at work in doing that. And we pray mm-hmm. that we'd rest in that. We thank you, Lord, um, that you sent Jesus to die for us, that all of the sins that we've committed have been washed clean if we believe in Jesus. And so we pray that we would rest in that, knowing that all the things that we've done wrong in the past, every way that we've rebelled against you or hurt other people um, can be forgiven by you and we can walk forward in freedom. And so, Lord, we pray that we would do that, that we take advantage of the salvation that you've offered to us, the freedom from guilt that you've offered us, and that we would walk in a way that matter, in a way that pleases you, in a manner that shows who you are and your priorities. So I pray that for all our listeners, I pray that for the three of us, uh, that we'd be able to be good representatives of you, and that when we aren't, um, that we'd come to you, run to you rather than run away from you, and ask for your forgiveness and your grace and continue to walk forward, persevering with you. So we thank you, Lord, that you're with us, and just pray your blessing on all those who are listening. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. See you next week.